0: Good morning, Glory. Hallelujah to you and welcome to Backtrack's Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey marset joined as always by the Evervescent John Mariano. John, how are you doing tonight, my friend?
1: I'm doing
2: terrific
0: excellent good to hear finally we got john in a good mood and hopefully our our next guest is always in a good mood you know him you love him he's the one only scott haskins scott uh how's life in las vegas
3: uh well you know we're we're trying to return to normal and we're slowly getting there hey good job so everybody's in a right good mood tonight
0: ready to listen to some Hey, corey uh,
1: sorry Uh, sorry to interrupt you um no, you're not. I would I I appreciate that you're say, saying that we're all in good mood. I was just scrolling through um, my messages and stuff, and just realized the Yankees got swept by the Astros, so my mood has taken a turn for the worse.
0: But the Giants are six and one.
1: I mean Does that that, that I mean it's the beginning of the season. We'll see how they end. The Yankees just ended, um, getting getting broomed off by 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 the Astros.
0: I, I, I hear you. And when people listen to the show two months from now, they're going to go, John's still not over. The Yankees losing and odds are you probably won't be.
1: <laughs> I won't be. I, I, I feel like it's very safe for me to put this out there right now, as if it's a current event. And then when, when, when the news hits, like, is John still upset? They can tweet at me. In fact, everybody who's listening, tweet at me and be like, John, are you still upset about the Yankees? I guarantee I will say yes.
0: <laughs> they, and I know Scott's really upset about uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, in the season they're having, aren't you, Scott?
3: Well, you know, it's just, it, it's amazing. For, for a team that's only been around for a couple of years, they fight pretty hard. They've done well. Uh, it's just so early, you know? We'll, we'll Even two months see. from now? Even two months from now. I, I'm holding <laughs> out hope in the future. I'm just wondering how your guys's Christmases were. My Christmas was great. It was warm
0: and sunny, and there was no snow, and I'm manifesting that into the universe right now. So that happens because... uh Two months ago, uh, on the weekend, uh, we got hit with a massive snowstorm. Not where I live, but my parents live in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. They got hit with a snowstorm so bad, they were without power for over 30 hours. Wow. That means no heater, no nothing. So they were pretty miserable for about a day and a half. How how are they doing now, Corey? They're they're unthawed now. Uh, I'm assuming they're still alive. Uh, as we record this, they're still alive two months from now. who knows
1: yeah uh, that, that's a really important question because it shows that I care and, and and I'm paying attention to the story um but it, I also have a follow-up question okay when you when when you, you, you know, when you found a town, I guess you don't find a town but when you found a town like moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, like how do you come mm-hmm. about naming a town like that?
0: I think literally uh, the indigenous people in that area found a moose jaw, and that's what they used as a town marker.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't you think they found many moose jaw around, like all of Canada? And there could be many moose jaws up there in Canada. Uh, uh,
0: Apparently, uh, you know, uh, I really don't know that much. I know that uh, 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 Regina. Uh, Yeah, you know what? This is a boring conversation.
1: Anyway, we we, we've derailed the show enough. Why don't we get back to Aerosmith? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, John, why don't you uh, kick us off by talking about uh, Pop
1: rock and Radio? Oh, I'm completely unprepared for that today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we did so what, good last week. I don't, I don't even remember last week. What happened last week? Last what week you say... talked
0: about Pop rock and Radio. What, what did they say? You said it twice, actually. You should know this
1: by now. But what did I say? Do you remember? Can yeah. Can you recall it? Yeah, you said the copy. What copy?
0: The copy that Ken sent us.
1: Um, he didn't send us any copy, dude. I didn't get oh,
0: Yeah, he sure did. You read it verbatim, word for word. How did we go to Scott then to tell us about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network before we uh, go to John?
3: Well, you guys, we're going to have to stay sharp this week because we have a couple of additions to the network, which are very exciting. I've listened to both shows. They're really good. Uh, let's start off from our, our classics. Though we've got Terry T Bone Mathley at T Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. We have Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast, the Simple Man at Skinner Reconsidered, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z Pod, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. We have Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Haiti at the Judas Priest podcast. That was formerly a different name. It is now Judas Priest cast. And we have Mark and Corey at and the podcast will rock. We also have uh, John and Corey at Backtrack Steam Music. You know those guys. We have Clay and Rye at North by South. Greg and Jonathan at So Far So Pod So What. Kevin at the Tom Petty podcast. And we have Quinn at End Volume for All. And last but not least, Sav, Nick, and John and Mark at Rock Roulette Podcast. Welcome, guys.
0: That's right. A fantastic uh, slate of shows there. I know Kevin from the Tom Petty Project has reached out. He really wants to be on the Aerosmith Show. So I'm hoping I, I'll, I haven't cleared it with you two yet, but hopefully, if we get the thumbs up, uh, we'll get Kevin Brown from the Tom Petty Project on here, spinning his own dice. Uh, he promises no rock and a hard place on his dice. So uh, he's okay in my books. Yeah, Kevin's a good guy. Really is. Uh, by the way, John, uh, Moose Jaw comes from the Cree name Mosikani uh, Simpipi, which means a warm place by the river.
1: We we sucked the thunder out of just making a comment about the name of the land.
0: Well, and I thought you were going by the Urban Dictionary uh, definition for Moose Jaw, which is when a hooker gives two or more men a blowjob at the same time and her mouth is stuffed like a moose.
1: Do moose jaws get stuffed though? Don't they just eat like leaves and shit?
0: They do, but uh, stuffed like a moose is an expression up here because uh, you could fit a lot into a moose, I- including multiple cocks apparently for hookers. That that's cur- courtesy of the Urban Dictionary. So
1: it's weird. It's weird. We're talking. We're talking about two cocks and a hooker and a moose. And you know what that reminds me of? Pop, rock, and radio. Ken Ken Napsack's Pop Rock and Radio. The big hits, album cuts, and B sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the pop, rock, and radio community. Download the Mixed Cloud app today and check it out.
2: I've got curling cream, and then I use baby oil, but my hair got kind of dirty with buildup of baby oil. Wow, I used to do that. I just use that's the name of it. says it right on the bottom.
0: There you go. Well done, John.
1: Well, thank you, Corey. Um, All right. Uh, and uh, should we talk about some dice?
0: Let's talk about some dice. We've got some good songs on there. Uh, let's just recap them here for you folks. We have uh, Sheila, You See Me Crying, Kings and Queens, Live from Classics Live 1, Pink, which I know Michael Green can't wait for us to finally cover so we can get rid of it. Uh, he's not a fan of that song. Uh, Reefer Headed Woman. And I'm down the Beatles cover from Permanent Vacation. Uh, John, out of those six, uh, are you hoping for something in particular?
1: Yeah, pretty much anything but pink. I kind of like pink being on the die. (laughs) Just because it pisses Michael off? Oh, no, I'm just a fan of you saying the word pink every week.
3: Oh, I got you. Uh, Scott, how about you? Well, I'm kind of going to vote for pink, I think. Not to go against John, but because, uh, you know, I want to please our fans.
0: There you go. It's a clean sweep for pink. Let's see if we can roll it here tonight. So I'm going to give these dice a good shake, and we are going to come up with Kings and Queens Live from Classics Live 1. Uh, John, do you remember who put this one on the die?
1: Uh, did I put both of the live tracks on here? Because we, uh, we just pulled one off, and I I I, I, I replaced that with Reefer Heather Woman, I think. Right. I think this might be me too.
0: It could be you or it could be me, because I know I'm a particular fan of this version of Kings and Queens uh, from Draw the Line. Uh, Scott,
3: are you familiar with that album at all? I am not, but I I find it interesting. Ever since you guys switched the format of the show before I joined, uh, this this Dice really seems to want to hear live music. I know, right? It's it's kind of surprising. We only had the
0: one live track on there, and that's the one that we rolled. Uh, But Kings and Queens was a song from uh, Draw the Line, that was released as a single in 1978 it was also the uh, b-side uh to come together which was the uh, beatles cover they did for the sergeant peppers lonely hearts Club band uh soundtrack uh, it's credited to steven tyler uh brad whitford tom hamilton and joey kramer so no joe perry on this one and sorry jack douglas also who's their producer at the time so pretty much everybody involved with the band except for uh joe perry which is kind of interesting is he right. on the live performance oh yeah he would definitely be on the live performance but uh not involved in the writing on this one which is kind of kind of curious uh th- this was a really tumultuous time for the band they were uh, a lot of the band i don't think even remembers really recording uh this album if i remember correctly from the walk this way uh, biography like th- they were pretty messed up at this time uh but th- there there is some good stuff on here obviously uh draw the line uh the classic uh, title track they still do quite a bit uh bright light fright is a great joe perry uh jam and um uh, kings and queens uh which kicked off side two of this one uh john uh, your thoughts on kings and queens before we uh, kick it off here
1: i love kings and queens and i prefer the live version i believe that this might be my favorite version of this song a lot, a lot of my favorite versions of a lot of these songs come off of this classic live one one and two so i can see us pulling a lot of songs off of this for the mixtape i agree
0: so what do you say, boys? Are you ready for a little Kings and Queens from Classics Live? Yeah, I want to hear this. Here we go.
2: Hello.
1: One of the things I like about this version, I think Joey comes in a lot harder throughout it. Um, I think if, if, if you're listening to, to it in a car or something and you jack your bass up the way I used to, um, it pounds your heart as, you, as you're listening to it. And I really like this, this version to me really drives. Uh, Scott, Scott, where are you getting off of this?
3: Yeah, I think so too. I, I really like the riff. I love the guitar sound. I kind of feel like the drums are on the other side of the room, though. You know, when usually when when I hear a live album, I like to feel like I'm in front of the band or at least in good proximity. But I kind of feel like Joey's on the other side. Um, but I like the sound of his drums. I just think they feel a little far away. No, well, I would agree with that too. There's definitely a lot of space. Uh, I'm just kind of reading a little
0: bit on the uh, recording of this song, of this particular version uh, from Classics Live One. Uh, Apparently this was taken from a performance in Boston in 1978, uh, but there was some re-recording done on it. The original recording appears on uh, Pandora's box, which was the big Aerosmith uh, box that was released at the height of their uh, Geffen fame. Uh, So that might be an interesting one to revisit sometime. Just listen to this
3: kind of, you know, raw and untouched. Uh, Apparently they've done some uh, overdubs on this one. How do you guys feel about that? I, I mean, if you're if you're capturing a particular moment in time, and I know this is a big bone of contention between people, right? Whether you're just presenting here's what happened on that night, error free or or you know, whatever happened happened and we recorded it, versus let's try and make a perfect sounding recording and we'll just overdub anything that that didn't work. Um, I I don't know. I kind of just like what happened in that moment? Let's hear that. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I would rather
0: have the, the full live experience, kind of warts and all. Mm-hmm. I know Kiss was uh, infamous for redoing uh, all their live tracks in the studio to make it sound perfect, but concerts aren't perfect, and sometimes it's those happy accidents. I remember uh, watching uh, Guns N' Roses uh, on their latest uh, Not In This Lifetime tour in a stadium in Saskatchewan uh, when uh, you know Axel's dancing around and his battery pack fell out. And Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it made for a really fun moment that uh, I'm really kind of glad I was there to to witness because old Axel might have thrown a fit and like canceled the concert and caused a riot. New Axel laughed it off, made a joke, and uh, just kept going on with the show. It was great. Wow. Yeah,
1: I, I I I like the warts. I don't mind if you throw a little polish on the if if especially if something comes out like a, a little bit of a turd and you throw a little polish on it. But I like the warts, right? I, because I really feel like I like the feeling of I'm at the show listening to the live recording. And if you're going to polish it too much and take too much of that away, it kind of dampens the experience. Yeah, yeah, that's I what that. I
3: mean. I mean, I and I'm all for remixing it. If, if you can get a better sound quality or get more balance out of it, uh, that's fine. But I mean, on the overdubbing side, I'm like, I don't know. Just, just give me, give me the reality. Let me feel like I was there. And, and for the record, my source on this is Wikipedia. So
0: who knows? Uh, it literally says uh, recorded Boston music Hall in Boston, March twenty eighth, nineteen seventy eight, and re recorded. Original recording appears on the compilation Pandora's Box.
1: And I just want to put this out there for any bands that might be listening. If you insist on uh, overdubbing on your live track, only do it if you get somebody with a a deep baritone voice who just wants to recite the Raven on a very low key, gently, over 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 whatever you're overdubbing on.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm glad Scott got that reference. I'm kind of lost.
1: Oh, there was no reference. I was just oh. kind, of, kind of riffing on a whim, Corey.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I'm just visualizing that, somebody actually doing that. <laughs> oh, I can see it, yeah. Well, I was just thinking back to we did a, a show not that long ago, John, on the crash test dummies. I'm like, man, that'd be to get his baritone on there, uh, read well, the Raven. That'd be
1: awesome. Well, that's kind of where I got the idea of the, the baritone from. Like, if you can get like the crash test dummy baritone reciting the Raven and just very softly put it over any old track, I'm all for it.
0: So lyrically, we got kind of a cool little uh, story about uh, you know holy wars and kings and queens and uh, knights of the round table kind of feel to it. Like it's very medieval. I just watched uh, House of the Dragon on HBO, uh, so I, I was kind of in that mindset coming into tonight. Anyway, lyrically, uh, this is kind of working for me.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I just like, like I said at the top of this, this is my favorite version of this track. Um, I love, I love these lyrics. I would have had this or fought for this on our original mixtape when uh, everything was going on and we were just going to hodgepodge it. I'm kind of glad that we isolated things a little bit, and I don't have to fight you maybe as much because I know it's going to be tight in the long run, yeah. and that this is this is one of their better live tracks, I think,
3: yeah, I'm really digging it. i I have to say, I have to, you know, give some props to Steven Tyler because I think he's really hitting those pitches just perfectly.
1: I love these semi-psychotic vocals <laughs> Steven throws in there. I I just have flashing back to me a few episodes ago or maybe many episodes ago at this point, Scott going, like, I, I hate when Steven, like, vocalizes over the instrumentals but 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 stuff like this just gets me right like like there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing it works vocally and and, and, and musically it, it, it works but there's no logical reason why this is happening right now
3: you know as as a musician who's performed on stage i get it i I don't mind when he does it live. I think it bothers me more in the studio where it's controlled and nobody comes in and says, you know what? We're just going to mute that part of the track because the guitar player is doing a solo right now. Uh, But live, it's all about what you feel in the moment, right? And when you've got a crowd of 20,000 people in front of you or whatever they had in 1978, uh, it's just feeling the song, feeling the story, feeling the energy of it, just being immersed in the moment. I get why he does it. I just don't like it in the studio.
1: Maybe he does it in know. the studio to, to to remind him to do it live.
3: <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a, a fine point. excuse. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm with John. I, I love those little accents he puts on there. I also do a podcast on uh, Van Halen and David Lee Roth, and especially early van halen he's throwing little growls and howls all over the damn place over eddie solos for crying out loud which you know it's blasphemy right but so I, i'm kind of used to that but steven tyler is just so damn cool sounding that it works for me and I, I just love that that tempo shift right we have kind of a up-tempo intro and then we segue into a, a slower uh chorus and verse section now we're kind of going up
3: tempo again uh scott do you think that kind of works musically in the song Oh, absolutely! I, I love the progression of the verse and the chorus, and then that was a nice—that uh, was a nice shift going to the the faster playing. Uh, as a musician, I think this is a very well constructed song. I, I really like this, and and for it being a medieval sort of theme, I think having those shifts really kind of makes me feel like I'm I'm back in almost you know uh, a medieval times because you don't get this in today's music very often anymore.
0: So one thing they didn't touch up was Stephen kind of forgot the lyrics there a little bit. Uh, it's supposed to be, according to the lyrics item, living times of knights and mares, raising swords for maiden's fair, sneer at death, fear only loss of pride. But Stephen has been known to kind of, you know, mix up the odd lyric here or there. And, uh, you know, they, they had a pretty uh, pretty big career at this point. Draw the Line was, uh, geez, I can't even remember uh, what album, what number in the discography that was, but uh, uh, the fifth studio album. So that's a lot of songs to remember, especially when you're like,
3: uh, coked up to your gills <laughs> that does add another level of challenge you know uh, the band that I've seen live most is Deep Purple and if there's one thing I'm used to is Ian Gillen changing words to the songs uh, very commonly so for me uh, it's just kind of an in that moment kind of thing uh, I don't mind that so much unless he just doesn't remember half the song and ad-libs it uh, little, little changes here and there are kind of keep it interesting well, Deep Purple, there,
0: there's quite a catalog too. And then he has like a, a Sabbath album on top of that too, right? Plus mm-hmm. other
3: yeah, stuff. he did uh, Born Again.
2: Oh mm-hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on that lead section? Uh, now on the album, that was Brad Whitford. Uh, I'm assuming that's Brad in concert as well. So uh, uh, I, I don't want to say a rare uh, lead performance from Brad. He's performed lead on over 50 songs uh, by my count. But uh, that, that was him, as far as I know, on this performance. Scott, your thoughts?
3: Oh, that was a killer solo. Uh, I, I loved it from beginning to end. But I really loved, too, what the the backing tracks were playing behind him. That was a really interesting progression, something you really don't hear anything like that very often. Uh, and then as they ended the solo, going back into the song, another great transition. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. Nice. Yeah. I,
1: what I love about this song is I, I, I like a lot of progressive songs, but this is, you know, it's progressive, but it, it's like gear shifting, right? Because they hit us slow, And then we speed up a lot in the middle and now we're slowing down again. And the way it's layered, it's a very complex song for such a short song. Like when I think of progressive songs, I think about like these seven, eight minute, nine minute songs, and this is not that. And they're accomplishing a lot in a little bit of time with the the tempo changes and and with the way this is layered. And this solo, I think is just, it's one of the more underrated solos Aerosmith does.
0: And I really liked your comment about the tempo changes too and how tight that is and how well that works in this section. Like like Scott said, musically, I think it's composed extremely well. Kings and Queens from Classics Live 1. Man, that was killer. Scott,
3: your first time hearing that song? It is. It is. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I love how tight they were with, like you said, with the tempo changes, even right down to the end as it slowed down uh, right playing together. I think, honestly, if you were to take a song like this and add uh, a good supportive string section, uh, maybe doing uh, two different things at the same time in, in parts. I think you could really have an epic song in the veins of something like Rainbow Stargazer or Gates of Babylon, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. I, I think that this really has the potential to be much bigger, but you wouldn't necessarily have that live. And uh, just listening to this as it is, I it is a great song. I agree. And actually I'm looking at
0: uh, cover versions. Glenn Hughes uh, covered this song in 2011. That might be kind of interesting to check out. That would be, yeah. John, your thoughts on kings and queens and guillotines?
1: I picked this song, man. It's, I love this song.
0: I might have uh, picked it. I love this song too, and I love the live version better than the recorded. I'm with
1: you're you. Right. You're 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 asking my opinion. On it. I've been giving my opinion all night. Like this is, this to me is one of the quintessential Aerosmith tracks. And it might not be one that you think of right away um, for a lot of reasons because you think of many of the more popular songs. Um, but this is one that if you want somebody to understand why Aerosmith is great, they absolutely listen need to listen to this particular track.
0: I concur, which leads us to our, our, our question. We have side B of our mixtape is made up of all live tracks, currently Sweet Emotion, Mother Popcorn, What It Takes, Lord of the Thighs, and Toys in the Attic from last week's show are on that side. Um, I'm going to just start kick off the voting here and say Kings and Queens absolutely deserves a spot uh, on side B of our mixtape on the live uh, live side. Uh, Scott, what do you think?
3: You know, I'm I'm a pretty gentle person. I don't really like to argue about too many things. But if anybody votes to kick this off, you're going to have to go through me to do it. <laughs> John. I'm currently learning um, one of the moves from
1: the Mortal Kombat video game. So that way, if we do have to have that fight and I have to have Scott's back, I can do that bicycle kick move um, on somebody.
3: Are you just learning the button moves or are you learning it physically?
1: Um, The button. Do you think think this gut's getting up in the air, Scott?
3: (laughs) Fair enough. I got to tell you guys what happened last week after the show. Oh, good so uh, after we were done recording, I did a couple things around here and then I had to go to the store and I thought, you know, it's just down the street. I'm not going to bring my iPod. Yes, I still have an iPod. Um, I'll just listen to the radio because it's just down the, down the street. And I get in the car and they're playing Aerosmith. They're playing Don't Want to Miss a Thing.
0: Nice. Oh, get out the- of
3: the store, get into the car. Now they're playing Janie's Got a Gun. <laughs> I'm just like I am surrounded by this band. Well, that's good. And one
0: of those songs is really good. And one of them is, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which Scott's about to find out our, our episode on that show uh, drops next week as we're recording this. So uh, two months sweet. from now, people are listening to this. They said, we already heard that show. It was terrible. But for you at in this moment, next week, you're going to get to hear our thoughts on, I don't want to lick your thing. And uh, let me tell you, it's, it, it, it's glorious. I, mean, I, I can't mean.
3: wait.
1: Or you, you can skip that episode. It's up to you.
0: Yeah. I would recommend skipping it. But...
3: <laughs> I never skip an episode of this show or backtrack steam music or, and the podcast will rock. Well, we
0: appreciate that, Scott. Thank you very much. Now we only have five songs on our die, John. And since you are claiming this one as your own, you get to replace it with something. What are you thinking?
1: Oh, I'm all lined up. I'm going, I'm going to the live bootleg album. Nice um which what number episode was this Corey? do you remember this was uh 44 so f- at 44 we're getting close to 50 yep and i'm gonna try to line it up I'm, I'm hoping this one hangs out on the dice a little bit but somewhere around 50 i think we're getting to the point where we need to start celebrating some of the big ones okay and i can't think of anyone bigger than dream on
0: i tell you what john you're doing that from live bootleg yep ha- had one of my songs roll tonight. I was going to pick "Dream On," the orchestral live cut that's currently on the Last Action Hero soundtrack. So you and I were were pretty close in our way of thinking here tonight.
1: I, I was leaning that way, but I feel like maybe as we get to like show one hundred or one hundred and fifty, like I want to try to save that one for because that's a that's a big swing, and we got a long way to go still. So I'm I'd like to celebrate this song, but a smaller milestone
0: there you go uh dream on uh one of the all-time classics scott i know you know that one. Uh, oh yeah from, very from, well. from the debut album and and steven's muppet voice on the uh, uh on the album the live versions though knock it out of the park like uh, i'm really looking forward to that one when and if we we roll it here so currently we have sheila from done with mirrors you see me crying from toys in the attic dream on from live bootleg pink michael green's favorite song from michael green's favorite album nine lives Reefer, Headed Woman from Night in the Ruts, and I'm Down from Permanent Vacation. I can tell you, that, that that's a pretty eclectic mix right there. It's a, it's a wide sampling of this band. All right, so uh, let's just recap all the lists we got going here. We have like an Arrow single top 10 going uh, whenever we pick one of the all-time classics. We're going to end up ranking those two into our ultimate uh, Arrow single top 10. Currently on that list, these are just all the singles that were released by the band. Uh, Let the Music Do the Talking, Chip Away the Stone, The Other Side, Janie's Got a Gun, Crazy, Eat the Rich, Mama Kin, Shut Up and Dance, Helter Skelter, and Hangman Jury. On side A of our actual uh, Ultimate Aerosmith mixtape, these are all the, uh, the deeper cuts, we have Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Island Whitefish Boy, Seasons of Wither, Spaced, Walking the Dog, and The Movie.
3: It's a good a list right there. I think so.
0: we got a pretty eclectic mix going. And uh, we, we talked about the, kind of the tonal shift in the show, and that was John's idea, because it's pretty hard to do an 18-track Aerosmith mixtape and not have 18 of the biggest hits, right? So this right. way, we're going to have uh, nine deep cuts, nine live tracks, and then the the top 10 singles uh, of all time, Aerosmith. Uh, so hopefully uh, all you folks will will stick with us as we go on this journey. We're 45 songs in. We only got about 300 or so left to go. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us thus far. And uh, John, uh, where can the folks find you online? What do you got to promote?
1: Um, you can find me online. Um, I don't know, man. Like, where, where do people go? I, I go I go to Ken Knapsack's Pop Rock and Radio. The the big hits, album cuts, and B-sides from from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music. With, with the pop, rock, and radio community, download the, the Mixcloud app today.
0: And, uh, John, I saw you actually in the Mixcloud uh, chat uh, over the weekend uh, requesting some songs.
1: I've, I've been known to do that here and there. I, I, I try to throw Ken some curveballs on some deeper cut tracks or, or things I think he might find interesting. Or sometimes I'll just sit there and, and Google something random. And be like hey ken can you play this and then he does and it's pretty amazing how quickly he can pull that stuff fantastic
0: and scott haskin uh, you're you're pretty dull you don't have a lot going uh so maybe, maybe just tell us about the couple of things you got on the go right now
3: well when i'm not just staring out the window uh i've got the haskin cast podcast where i do uh, album reviews as well as interview different people in the entertainment industry and I've got the Uriah Heep, uh, the Magicians podcast, where I have reviewed 307 songs, all 24 released albums, plus Live in 73, anxiously awaiting their new album, should be coming out sometime after the first of the year. I was just listening to uh, a podcast with their manager, Ace, and he said that, that they're having to submit album, new albums to the record company about nine months in advance to get on the list for vinyl production. And that's kind of what's holding everything up these days. I think that and their 50th anniversary tour. So you can find me on both of those shows and at my website, www.scotthaskin.com, for all my other stuff.
0: Excellent. And uh, check out the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. we got so many great shows. Uh, Scott mentioned we just added a couple more, and there might even be more uh, coming down the pipeline that we're really excited to, to share with you all. Uh, but until then, uh, if you want, you can find me on Backtrack Steam Music. Uh, With John Mariano, we're talking all things uh, music and movies and having a lot of fun with that. You can also find me uh, on, and the podcast will rock. Uh, We're now two months removed from our our big big one-year anniversary show, the big live show that we did uh, November 5th, 2022. Uh, Man, did we have a great time. Uh, No trolls showed up at all. Uh, we spun the wheel twice. We got two great tracks and everybody had a fantastic time. So thank you very much for, for uh, participating in that. Thank you for supporting all of the shows on the deep dive podcasting network. And until next time on behalf of John Mariano and Scott Haskin, my name is Corey Morissette. And as always, we will give the final word to Steven Tyler.